ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Greeting, denizens of the internet, on this March 3rd of 2022. It is glorious to see the good ones and zeros of the world. Hello, hello. Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, Zelius. Sir? This is the Thursday Hangout. This is a show for you where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you. If you have not submitted your topic, but you would like to add your topic to the conversation, all you got to do is drop it in the chat, and we will add it to the list of topics we're going to be talking about during the show. If, unfortunately, we do run out of time, it will roll over to the very next show. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us talk about the ever-evolving story in the world that is very important to some people, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, Bendergate is over. Yay? That's right. That, Joe DiMaggio, the voice of Bender, is now part of Futurama's run on Hulu. I am relieved. Am I supposed to be relieved? Is that the thing? You should be. You should be. Uh, see, oh. uh, are you relieved? I am. The thing is, we, we discussed this last week. Um, you know, it's a little bit easier to replace voice actors than it is like actual, you know, live action characters, unless you could find like a doppelganger. But, yeah. um, uh, with such an iconic voice, it would have been really hard. I mean, I'm sure someone could have gotten close to it, but it just wouldn't have been the same. But um, what he posted to uh, all social media was, I'm back, baby! So nice. damn grateful for the love and support of fans and colleagues alike during this whole time, especially my wife, Kate. And I can't wait to get back to work with my Futurama family. Hashtag Bendergate is officially over, so put it on the back of so put it on the back of a shelf behind Christmas decorations or maybe in that kitchen drawer with all the other crap you put in there like old unusable crazy glue. Or maybe even put it in a jar you save farts in. Whatever floats your boat. I don't care. You get the picture. I'm back, baby. Bite my shiny metal ass. So does this change whether or not you were going to actually watch Futurama when it came onto Hulu? I was still going to watch it. I'm not just going to yeah. be totally yeah. honest, yeah, totally transparent. Like I was going to watch it because the thing is, I am one of those Futurama fans that keep coming back because, like, oh yeah, I remember that was a good show. Because there's been those weird ass breaks between when it was on Fox. To Comedy I mean, Central yes, now, Comedy Central to Hulu. Believing though that there would be a contingent who would not have watched this third iteration of Futurama if the original Bender voice was not back. There would like, have if been. They liked the rest of Futurama that much. I think they still would have watched it. There would have been. I don't know how big of a a um. How big of a contingency, but it would have been, I don't know, it, I, in my opinion, it, it would have been um, a good chunk of the fans. Of course, Futurama always gains new fans because, you know, 
what a show that that did really well is coming that got canceled is coming back. I wonder I better check this out. And then you've got new fans. So does Hulu also have the broadcast rights to the first three or first two runs of Futurama also? I think they're in syndication. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know either. I wonder if I get a um account on how many how big Bendergate was. I feel like there's a way to do it, but my brain no worky. Look at the Twitter gauge of what is trending on Twitter. Yes, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out how much trend this thing had, but I can't. Whatever. Sorry, I can't look right now. I have somebody attacking my keyboard. Well, you know. Anyways, oh, so we're we're starting off lighthearted. If 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 you're not aware, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, it's just it's good to have the the family together, especially when it comes to Futurama. Well, I do feel like that's one thing, though, that the kind of streaming era has done mm-hmm. is it is shows like Futurama, where if it was the old school syndication days of just like, you know, ABC, CBS and whatever else, like the three main stations, you don't get those shows. You didn't get those shows that came back. No, no. Once uh, dead, always dead. Yeah. Once it was dead. And that's one thing you get now, like right now on Netflix, you so you have Vikings Vikings was originally on, I don't know if the OG was on Amazon Prime and then got moved to Amazon, but the last couple of seasons were on Amazon of Vikings. Okay, and you now, just said Amazon, Amazon, and on Amazon. So where was it before? I don't know. That's the thing. As I feel like it was somewhere before Amazon, like the first season. Uh, but now, hold on, let, they're let, doing me, Vikings, let me see if I can find it. Vikings Valhalla. But, so this is where it gets weird. So now you have Vikings Valhalla which is set a hundred years later, yep. the same exact world. They even make like references to the first run of Vikings. And it's like the same style of cinematography, the same type of character development and all that. It's like you, it feels like the same showrunner and everything, but it's a Netflix and there's no crossover in terms of streaming rights of Netflix versus Amazon for it's basically the same show. Okay. So I find that kind of amusing. That it's basically the same show where obviously Netflix bought the rights to. Hold on. I, I will, I'll explain it. <clears throat> Amazon jumped in to help finish the the sixth season. That's what it was? Okay. Uh, before that, it was on the History Channel. Mm. The History Channel, season one, nine episodes. Season two, ten. Season three, ten. Season four, twenty. Season five, twenty. Season six, the first ten were on the History Channel. The final ten, which was which um, was dropped completely on December thirtieth. It was a nice New Year's present. Yep. Uh, December thirtieth, twenty twenty, Amazon Prime. Yeah, because I watched it all on Amazon. Is what I had watched it on. So and yeah, it, like- it was it was on History, and now Netflix is going. Well, shit, this this had a hell of a run. Let's bring it back. With uh, but let's let's not continue what's already been wrapped up. Let's keep the same theme, but like Zelia said, advance it a hundred years. Well, I mean, they definitely had. I, I don't think it's much of a spoiler, but in Netflix, in the Amazon version, there's definitely like a finale. I mean, yeah, based on what you're saying, it's obvious. I mean, there's a finale, and they did it in a way where I mean, 
like anything, you could continue like the next day if you really felt like it, like any show. But it made sense to transition to the future to kind of go to a new era of characters, um, especially because probably like a year or two later, it would have been hard to get those characters back even if you wanted to, like from a actor perspective. Um, you know, two years later, do you really want to try to get the same actor group together? Mm. Well, there's certain. I mean, there was. Uh... What's that show? American Gods. They were they tried desperately to bring all of them back after I think it was like COVID and like production issues, and that was like a two years hiatus, wasn't it? Well, I think that was a COVID thing, though. Was that was more due to COVID? Where I think it was a mixture of COVID and also just so many big names. It's taking so long. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll look it up. There's that. Yeah, I mean. American Gods definitely has bigger names than either of the Vikings movies did. Yeah, um, for sure. In terms of that, right? Because you have like Al Pacino, who is one of the biggest names in American Gods. Al Pacino was in American Gods? I don't think so. I thought he was one of the um, main dudes. I thought he was. Yeah. Hold on. Let's see here. Uh, no. What? There's a guy who might kind of sort of look like Al Pacino, but it's not Al Pacino. <laughs> That's probably who I'm thinking of. Is the guy who looks like him. Yeah, who's um, uh, Ian McShane? Oh, I always thought that was him. Oh well, never mind. Nope. I it's on stars. Probably corrected. Uh, all seasons were on stars. It was 2017, 2019, 2021. Mm. I remember reading the book at um, Pax. Prime. Okay. First of all, Neil Gaiman. God damn it! Every single thing he's right. Everything. Every single thing that he's writing is turning into a TV show now. Okay. You had American Gods. Um. Oh, what was the other one? Uh. You had. Um. Oh, what's the? Did you do Omens of Good and Evil? Yep. Uh, Sandman, which is coming to um Netflix. Um, Neverwhere, which was a, which is a really good book. And also it's an okay BBC miniseries, uh, American gods, stardust, the movie with mm -hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, and Claire Danes, uh, the Coraline was actually Neil Gaiman, uh, good omens. And then the one that I'm very interested to see what they actually, if they, I'm pretty, they're trying to make a TV show out of it. It's the graveyard book. And I highly recommend that you actually, I, I want to say it was the, the audiobook version of it. Like there's, there's a special cut of the audio version, audiobook version where he explains that the graveyard book was actually written by him through several phases of his life because he didn't feel that he had enough knowledge or experience in order to truly do that book justice. So it it actually took forever for the book to happen. It's a great book. Holy crap, it's a great book. Um but yeah, um the graveyard book. Uh I believe they're making it an adaptation to it. I could be wrong, but I have this funny feeling that someone's saying that they were going to make an adaptation. Possible film well, that, adaptation. 
And he's also done like screenwriting for shows, like other television shows. Oh, he's he's done some Doctor Who. And a really good episode, usually. But yeah, the man's a genius. Kinda sorta. And he's also and he's also nerdy enough that he and he also knows how nerdy he is that um the 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 web series um the guild featuring uh Felicia Day and gang. Um Neil Gaiman was absolutely game to jump into a couple uh, I think at least one episode of uh one of the later series where they went to a convention and uh Neil Gaiman was begging one of the players cuz the player had one of one of the the individuals from the guild spoiler alert I think we're outside spoilers but anyways um had found a way it's basically like a um save a seat at the convention buddy uh network and mm. the guy basically became like the godfather of it and so Neil Gaiman is like begging this guy he's like look I have some friends they want to see these panels what do I have to do to get them in it was just awesome. let me do it man don't you know who I am it is awesome but do yourself oh um, there's another one that, um, I think that, uh, that Amazon actually just snatched up the Anazi brothers, which is another amazing, uh, book and is going to be mind blowingly amazing TV show. If, if they, you know, if they take direction from Neil Gaiman. So he's just got so much, man. And it's it amazing, so why wouldn't you take advice from him? Seriously. If, if the man wants, if the man wants to help you out, you say Yes. Please. Where do I sign up? Exactly. <laughs> Would you like my first or second or both of my children? My, you know, my, mm, mm. But anyways, um, I'm actually really interested to see what the Sandman series on Netflix becomes. Because Sandman is a graphic novel that's extended for a long time. And... Um, uh, and now uh, Netflix has. I wonder when it's coming out. Let's see if if I can figure it out when it's coming out. Real quick here. Um, the Sandman. The Sandman. Man, 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 man. Adaptation TV. The Sandman. Oh, Jenna Coleman's in it. Oh, they're saying that Lucifer was a spinoff of that as well. What? <sighs> Lucifer is such a show where I can't decide if I like it or not. Well, it's done now. But I've watched. I just can't decide if it's good or bad. Like I go back and forth. It's weird. But the thing is, you keep going back, and that's it. see. That's the thing. But I, that's I, weird. I'd rather have something that people can't decide if it's good or bad, but they keep coming back to it. That's fair. Anyway, so, um, yeah. I mean. Neil Game is the man. Man. There's nothing else you can say about it. Except for he's a man who does no, things. He's the man. Oh. Is there more than one the man, or is it just the singular the man? Well, I, Neil Gaiman is the man. However, there there probably is someone who's also in the running, and that is an author that Zelius actually posted on our uh, Discord about. I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before. Um, 
Sanderson decided to give everyone a little surprise on Kickstarter. And <laughs> I clicked on the site just to see where the, of course, Brian Sanderson is like, you know, he's sci-fi royalty. So you have people just pouring money at him. And Kickstarter, when I was looking, couldn't keep up. The number just kept rolling. It was like that, that, um, that clock or that display that shows you how many people are alive in America today. And you've got babies just being born constantly. So the numbers just keeps going up. That's what it looked like. It is kind of like Neil Gaiman. I mean, good Lord, not Neil Gaiman. Brandon Sanderson's baby. Yeah. But what does it add anyways? Right now it's at $19,731,605 million from 79,263 and it just went up by one backers. Yeah, With that's the other thing the backer number kept changing. Like when I checked it out, whenever it was, it was at 17 million. My favorite part is the original pledge was for $1 million to be. Who was it? Was it himself? What? No, I mean, that was just no, like that was the original goal. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. The original goal was $1 million. I bet that in like a minute. Is like, well, we got to start somewhere, right? So let's just say eh, ballpark a million. Let's see what happens. Oh, we're at 19 million with 27 days to go. No, oh, they were fine. I mean, it is kind of, it is because obviously Brandon Sanderson's a known author. Yep. Um, who, if you're being honest, it's not like he would have an issue getting publishing rights or anything with a, you know, usually tours who he goes through um, with his other series like The Way of the Kings or the Mistborn series. Um, and one of those questions is actually, like, literally... Wait, wait, wait. Didn't you just name two Joe Abercrombie series? Mistborn. You said The Way of the King. Did I? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> no, Am I wrong? The Way of the King's Brandon, no, The Way of the Kings is Brandon Sanderson. You're thinking of, like, there's another book with the name Kings in it that is... What's from- Joe Abercrombie one? There is one like that, yes. Um, I don't remember. I'll look it up. You keep talking. But yeah, no, Way of the Kings is definitely Brandon Sanderson. Um, but he does specifically address in the FAQ of like basically people kind of like myself, like you don't actually need Kickstarter. Um, but for them, I mean, think about it. If you're a author, you have to go through a lot of processes to get your book published by a publisher. It's not like it just poof magically appears. So this kind of allows him to really control the entire process from start to finish on his own of how he wants to do it. Um, And then it's also basically pay-as-you-go publishing. So however much money he raises, they know that's how many books they're publishing versus a traditional publisher. They just publish books and you hope they sell, whereas he's obviously just going to sell them as we buy them so they have an exact number. It's almost like, you know, Kickstarter started, it was really for... And it still is a large part for like kind of the indies, the, you know, small ones without the money to do it. And it's kind of like a different way for somebody like a Sanderson to kind of leverage the marketplace to really control everything from start to finish that he otherwise couldn't do that publisher would still have leverage over. So I mean, my initial reaction was definitely, well, that seems dumb that he's basically taking away from other Kickstarters by him doing it and raising all this money on there. 
or maybe in a way, maybe Kickstarter is a misnomer of what Kickstarter has become for a number of projects. Well, okay. Or, so I, I, I will look at it a different way. Okay. okay. So um, first of all, uh, you're absolutely, the, 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 the book I was thinking about was The Last Argument of Kings by Joe Abercrombie, yeah. which is yeah, the yeah, first yeah. law trilogy. Yeah. Um, I knew there was a king somewhere for him. Yeah. That, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. Um, um, uh, also the, the age of madness, uh, is his other series. Anyways. Um, so yes, does Sanderson need Kickstarter? Fuck. No, he doesn't. However, one of the algorithms that's getting a little bit better over the years on Kickstarter is that if you, if you were to back Sanderson on Kickstarter, you would get recommendations of individual, some lesser known individuals that meet the Sanderson, you know, uh, criteria of, you know, sci-fi fantasy author, all that stuff. So in a way he's sort of helping up, but he is flooding. <laughs> I mean, look, there, look, there, there, it, there are those individuals who are, who love to have records and Sanderson's like, well, shit, I got a, some extra books here and we could set something up. Let's, let's see if we can't break Kickstarter's all time record. Yeah, the only interesting thing for me is from a book's perspective, cause I've read two of his series, the Mistborn, And I think it's called like the alloy ways or alloy something. It's basically it takes place after Mistborn. Um, I enjoyed both of them a lot, but for me, part of it is also for the kicks. It's also kind of from a consumer's perspective. It's a different way of purchasing it. It's like, you know, I'm pledging X amount of money and I know I'm going to receive this product. Yep. Um, I think there's a pretty damn good chance with Sanderson you're going to receive that product. But like with this one specifically where I'm kind of like, huh, is his ebook pledge, um, which Shit. if you're into ebooks, he's going to break $40 it. for all four books, which not a bad deal. The problem I have is somebody like me who doesn't do ebooks. You're now looking at $160 to get the premium hardcovers. Uh, but they're which premium. Hard, which is in the premium hardcovers is actually not that honestly for 40 bucks and buck, but like I want my $10 paperback. <laughs> like that's what I get. I, I like my trade paperbacks. Then just go to the bookstore. Wait, wait, bookstores are closing. Go to Amazon.com and buy your hardback. But I, you don't know if this version, like this book is not being published in the traditional way. Like Exactly. He clearly says, this is the run. Um, and maybe picked up by a publisher and then do the mass trade paperback, but there's no guarantee of that. So it could potentially be where, you know, Something like, for instance, like Mistborn. That could still easily be because you have a publisher. Could you know, hundred years from now, probably still have something at the bookstore. Whereas this four book set, who knows? Like that's up to Sanderson if he wants to sell to a publisher, which is kind of an interesting way of thinking about it too. Like if you're Sanderson and you work with Tor, you don't really have the rights as far as how long do they publish it and all that stuff. It's kind of at their whim. Yep. Where he 100% by doing it this way, he owns those rights. So it's in his own decision making of whether or not he wants to sell to a publisher. Like he's under no obligation. So maybe he only wants to, for whatever reason, which he's wealth and his rights of doing, 
of this is the only run. If you don't get it now, tough freaking cookies. I mean, that's so, how it was back in the day. I mean, there's yeah. only so many Gutenberg printers out there. <laughs> so, so it is a kind of interesting way of kind of disrupting the marketplace from a book perspective that not many authors can obviously do. Um, I mean, there's probably a couple authors. I mean, Neil Gaiman, and who we were just talking about, um, Neil Gaiman's one who, if he came out with a probably standalone, because he does more standalones than series, like a Sanderson, he could probably also do a Kickstarter um, and come out and do that, and people will do it. Um, so I'm on the fence right now about actually doing the Kickstarter. I haven't decided. Um, what is interesting is out of the Kickstarters, the one with the biggest pledge. So it's kind of interesting because you look at like, what are the people looking at getting? Right. And it's kind of like actual interesting, probably statistical analysis you could do based off of this because of right now, um, for the $40, the cheapest one, the ebook, 18,000 backers, I'm rounding up. The audiobook, 16,000 backers. For $160, question, the premium hardcovers, do you think that's more or less than the audio and or ebooks? The premium hardcovers? Yes. I would say that's more because if if you if you're buying into Brian Sand, you're you're buying in. Yeah, so it's the it is definitely the most at 20,000 plus backers. But it's more interesting to me from a Sometimes, you know, at Amazon, the ebooks are lo- or a little bit cheaper than the paperback, but typically the price discrepancy isn't that big where it can still justify getting the paperback. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a huge difference between the e version and the paperback version. And I know there's that cost at the added benefit of getting the Sanderson experience. But it is interesting to me, though, where the best selling is still the hardback version and not just the ebook version. Um, especially for if you're going to buy money. in, you want look, look when 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 uh, our buddy Craig Campbell or um, our buddy Derek Kamal or or whoever cre- or uh, Eddie Webb um, or Sean Patrick Fannin, no, yeah, right, fuck, yes, yes, um, my brain's dead. I apologize. Um, when when they when they do a Kickstarter, I'm buying the the you know, the, the hardback version, I'm not getting the, e- I can get the ebook version of shit or, or for in, in those examples of, um, you know, immersion acquisitions and, yeah. um, thunder mouse and, and all that stuff, uh, Pugmire, it would be like PDF format. It wouldn't be an ebook, but still, I mean, basically if, if you want to know the trick, most ebooks are just PDF files. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, yeah if you're going to yeah, buy into, but, but okay. So first of all, Sanderson is going to dethrone the biggest Kickstarter project in like probably the next two hours. What's the largest Kickstarter project? Uh, the Pebble watch. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, they, they rose in their entire run. They rose $20.3 million. And had seventy eight thousand backers. Now, um, God, this was many, many years ago. I'm trying to figure out how long ago this was. Uh, is there a publishing date on this? 
19, so 19, 2015, 2015, there was, uh, another company out there who tried to do like Kickstarter, but just for books. And I don't know if it's still around cause I haven't really looked it up, but it's called ink shares. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I know about that is that one of the writers that I've, uh, been interested in also, he was the guy who, uh, a gentleman by the name of Gary Witta. Yep. Who also wrote, I think, at least one episode of Doctor Who, um, but also did uh, the Book of Eli, uh, and uh, he also did this book called Abomination, uh, which is a phenomenal book. Um, Zealus, am I correct? Did he do a Doctor Who? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find out now. I feel like he did. I could be wrong, but I feel like he did. Anyways... And look, it's it's the it's the hardback version. If I'm if I'm going to throw my money into something like that, I'm getting the hardback. I'm not getting it unless the only option is for for you know you know your regular softback soft cover. I'm going hardback, man. If if I'm if I'm throwing money at it to to make it happen, I'm gonna make it happen. You know what I mean? Oh, here you do. He was one of the screenwriters for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yes, yes, that too. That as well. That. And we're not going to talk about After Earth, okay? They fucked that up halfway about, to... I don't see anything about Doctor Who for him. Oh, well, maybe I was wrong. I feel like he did, but maybe maybe he, maybe he, that's one of his, like, you know, bucket list items. Is he's like, I have to write for Doctor Who. Um. Anyways, um... The guy's a cool guy. Also, he uh, he did. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he had a very successful uh, like streaming talk show on. Um, fuck, what was that? Sw- what's that Switch game? Uh, Animal Crossing for the Switch. What's um, kind of interesting to me though is like somebody like him though, who you know, Book of Eli in Rogue One. Yep. But considering the success of the stuff he's done. Um, also, Star Wars Rebels, which was very highly rated. He hasn't actually done a lot of screenwriting when you think of other prolific screenwriters, you know, who are just popping them out. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no opinion about that. It's just interesting to me is all. Is you think somebody like him with that history can basically do as much screenwriting as he'd want and movie studios would pay for it. But he's only got, relatively speaking, not many actual screenwriting. Um, he's got credits. ten. He's got ten credits to his name as a writer. Um, the one that really broke him into, um, I guess, people recognize realizing that he had some writing chops was uh, the game Prey. Mm, yeah, um, never played Prey, but I recognize the name. I recognize it as well. I don't think. <sighs> I think at that time I was trying to keep my my games like kid friendly because I, I I think that was about the time I was yeah, I was still at school. Actually that's exactly why I didn't play it. I was still at school, so I didn't have time for video games. Unfortunately. Cause I was making my own. Which if you if you really want, I'm sure I could find somewhere a uh, an old copy of my final project nice the, we can the escape just, a dusty trail 
And we could talk about it in the show. We could do a live. You should do like a live playthrough of it. Oh Jesus! Uh, I don't. I don't actually own the entire game. I never did. You made the game. When we graduated, we only had the first two levels of three. And the third level was, we had all the mechanics in there. It just, we didn't have, there was something that was missing. We, the, the, I think the only people to ever truly see the, the complete game was the independent game festival, the IGF. Nice. Um, but I don't think I ever, I mean, I've still got my, um, my, uh, baseball tee. And I've got my my laptop bag for uh, supporting the game. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to stop really quick and uh, do friends of the show. Uh, if you'll notice, there is an additional friend of the show. Uh, but uh, without further ado, let us actually get to the people who have helped make Alter Confusion continue to be what we are. And we always start off with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts that challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. And of course, another shout out we have to give is to the one and only Noodleboy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wat Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality ser- services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Noodle Boy! And now for the man who can help straighten out your back, control your sinuses, and let me tell you, this man can do magic, and that is, of course, Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. So if you want if you want more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. Alright. The last one is the new one, and that, my friends, is the the amazing individual behind the new intro and outro to the Alter Confusion show, and that, of course, is Crosspad Creative. Um, now, I'm gonna be gonna be totally honest with you right now. Uh, the the blurb's a little 
rough, but we're going to iron it out. But right now it says, need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, like us. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. If you're interested, just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh is the man who has given us the new intro and the new outro. Uh, I am very excited because last week we didn't have the outro. This week we have the outro. So when it comes that time, enjoy. Now, ladies and gentlemen, of course, the, the thing that I have to talk about every single time because it is near and dear to my heart, is the fact that for the 11th year straight, ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion will be participating in Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen hospital, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Or if you're watching this live, Zelius has just posted the link in the chat. And I just got my um, my extra life decal for raising, I don't remember how much money it is, but once you hit a certain thing, you get a uh, nice little decal. So let me see if I can find it real quick. Haha. -ha. So for those who are watching the video version or watching this live, bam, nice. there is my decal. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, for a little bit of housekeeping, personal housekeeping, or I guess Alter Confusion housekeeping, I do need, I do want you to know that Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Alter Confusion survives on love and support of fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, supporters, demigods, gods, demons, extraterrestrial beings, interdimensional beings, specters. Mummies, vampires, werewolves, artificial intelligence, and more to be active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that all the money that we've currently been raising through Patreon is going towards our electrical bill for Momocon. <laughs> As I just got confirmation, we got a table! Um, but there are two levels uh, currently for Patreon. There's a $1 level, which is $1 a month, or $12 a year. And what that does is it gives you early access to all of our playthroughs and also the ability to take part in any patron only post or polls to help shape the ultra confusion future if you want to go and take that huge step up yes that's right folks if you go from one dollar to five dollars a month 
or $60 a year, not only do you get everything on the $1 level, but you also get your name organization added to the friends of the show thank you section for every single Thursday night hangout. Sounds like fun? Then check us out at www.patreon.com slash alterconfusion. Nice. Now, I think we've waited long enough to talk about the heavy hitting stuff, so let's just get into it, shall we? There's more? Yes. Unfortunately, our world is messed up. And so... Bad Has shit it always happens. kind of been messed up. Is huh? this like a is this a new trend that I should know about? Unfortunately, our world continues to be messed up, and therefore Ukraine continues to be in the news. Ah, yes, that is definitely unfortunate. Um, CD Projekt uh, has come out and says that has come out and said that they're halting all sales in Russia and Belarus. Uh, in support of Ukraine. Uh, They did a social media post, which I will read to you real quick. In light of the Russian military invasion in our neighboring country of Ukraine, by the way, they, uh, uh, CD Projekt is based out of Warsaw, Poland. Yep. Um, In light of the Russian military invasion of our neighboring country of Ukraine, until further notice, the CD Projekt group has made the decision to halt all sales of our games in Russia and Belarus. Today, we begin working with our partners to suspend digital sales and cease physical stock deliveries of CD Projekt Group products, as well as all games distributed on the good old games or GOG platform to the territories of Russia and Belarus. The entire CD Projekt Group stands firm with the people of Ukraine. While we are not a political entity capable of directly influencing state matters, and don't aspire to be one, we do believe that commercial entities, when united, have the power to inspire global change in the hearts and minds of ordinary people. We know that players in Russia and Belarus, individuals who have nothing to do with the invasion of Ukraine, will be impacted by this decision. But with this action, we wish to further galvanize the global community to speak about what is going on in the heart of Europe. To our brothers and sisters fighting for their home country, stay strong. Now, we're going to piggyback off of that and tell you about uh, another massive company. Actually, this one is one of the most massive in existence. That, of course, is um, Electronic Arts, otherwise known as EA. Um, EA has officially removed both Russian and Belarusian national clubs from FIFA 22 and NHL 22. FIFA, um, the, the union of Europe, sorry, UEFA, so FIFA, UEFA, and the International Ice Hockey Federation of all levels um, have Level sanctions on Russia early this week, starting with UEFA's removal of the Championship League final from St. Petersburg. Then FIFA, under heavy pressure, led by Polish Soccer Federation, suspended Russia out of qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. That is big. (laughs) Okay? That has nothing to do with EA, but FIFA's saying, 
hey, by the way, Russia, you're no longer eligible to even qualify for the World Cup. That's big. If even FIFA is coming down on him, you know you've done something wrong. And to be completely... the most corrupt organization in the world. Actually, the most corrupt organization in the world would be the Olympic Federation. That's fair. Okay, yes. But the Olympic Federation has also stepped in and has basically asking anyone who who is having any any events that affect future Olympic events to ban Belarusian and Russian uh, athletes from participating. So you have two of the most corrupt organizations in the world going, no. Sorry, you can't be more corrupt than us, man. That's not <laughs> like, cool. Like, seriously. We got like, the crown on that. Um. Now, uh, I do want to read the EA statement um, since I started off with saying EA Sports is removing the Russian and Belarusian teams. EA Sports stands in solidarity with the Ukrainian people and like so many voices across the world of football, which, by the way, soccer for for us Americans who, who think football that football is with pads. Um, and the world of football calls for peace and an end to the invasion of Ukraine. In line with our partners at FIFA and UEFA, once again, that's the uh, uh, UEFA is the Union of European Football Associations. EA Sports has initiated processes to remove the Russian national team and all Russian clubs from EA Sports FIFA products, including FIFA 22, FIFA Mobile, and FIFA Online. We're also actively evaluating related changes to other areas of our games, which is the the NHL games, um, which they then decided to remove. The, apparently, there's like a world um, team ver, um, play uh, mode, and they've removed those two teams from there. We will keep our communities up to date on any actions taken and thank players for their patience as we work through these updates. It's crazy. I mean, we were actually talking about this at school the other day. Think about this is like the first like live war we've really had. I mean, no, you, there was kind of like Iraq happened, but there was, a, it just kind of happened. It wasn't really like in your face, Yep. but this is really kind of the first war that's really like on Twitter and like, Instagram and these type of actions being taken like this, uh, it's just kind of so, I don't know, crazy? I don't know what the word is. Uh, but it's like the first war like this, I like it seems like we've really encountered where it's, we're seeing like an hourly basis, like what is happening both from, you know, the Ukraine perspective. And then you also have all these sanctions coming down on Russia itself which really mostly is affecting basically the uh, the non-politicians of Russia, the person who's just trying to go do their job, and now they can't, or basically their paycheck isn't worth anything because basically the Russian economy is being crushed. <laughs> Saturday Night Live said that, uh, I think it was the, the Russia stock market is down uh, 60% because the actions against Ukraine. So they're currently at negative 90%. Yeah. Um, no, the, uh, I mean, the, yeah. 
I mean, but that's the goal through the economic sanctions is to put pressure on to Russia to be like, stop. But uh, the big question is, will it work? Okay. Random conspiracy nut brain uh, little tangent here. Bring it. It's yes. not going to do shit because inside of Russia is actually they're, they're Russia is like your nutty um, backcountry uncle who's buried all their fucking money in their backyard. No, I think that is actually one of the worries because you look like the people like Putin, like, are the sanctions going to affect them one way or the other? Really, is what it comes sure. down to. Um, I do want to point out, and and I I am sad to report that this this story that broke all over social media is unfortunately false. There was a story that came out earlier this week saying that Pornhub had blocked uh, Belarusian and and Russian access to the site, which would have been amazing. And to be totally honest with you, probably would have had a f- fucking huge effect. But no, that was just a rumor. I remember actually seeing that somewhere. I wasn't going to click on it because I was probably at school when I saw it. But I'm like, I thought I remember seeing that at one time. Yeah, no, I went to snoops.com. Ah. And they're like, yeah, we really wanted to be truthful, but it's not. I mean, they got to make their money, right? Most of Pornhub is free, though. Ads? Or so I'm told. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I guess is, I don't know. Is that like the entire internet is basically run on ads nowadays? Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's so let's change gears here, ladies and gentlemen, and let's let's ease into the final topic, which which is not um World Warish. Oh, well, that's a pleasant departure, and um, and that is. So we are in a we live in a society where it's literally we need shit now, right? So when you we see these, when when you see these like video games that you're like, oh, they'll be out in two or three years. What in your opinion is too far out for you to even give a shit? If they're like, man, we got this amazing game. It's coming out in X years. What is that? What's that X plus one where you're like, I don't care. I, I think kind of like you're saying, basically uh, right around the corner. I mean, we are in a world of the, I'm not going to wait. So like for me, when it comes to new games, mm-hmm. um, you know, something like Final Fantasy is probably an exception because you're playing it and you're kind of waiting on those expansion or patch updates. Well, to come that's out. that's different. Expansion, I'm talking like separate in a brand new game. Yeah. Probably Last Dark was actually the last game where I was interested in like playing it day one when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, like, you know, I'll keep my eye on it. Like Elden Ring was, you know, a really big news, big deal. The new Souls like game. But it's not like I was waiting on pins and needles for it to come out. Um, what's more interesting to me probably is how it feels like from certain developers, these games are supposed to come out in X year, get pushed one year and two year. Like, 
I'm looking at you, Overwatch 2, um, where I'm just kind of giving up caring. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably where it puts me more at the in place else. I'm just like, eh. And then even when it comes out, I'm going to wait to see if there's bugs and other crazy stuff that make the game not work for the first six months. Hello, right. Cyberpunk 2077. Several months? Dude, we're like, aren't we already a year in and it's still broken and shit? No, they didn't. They, re- they released the patch about a month ago that basically fixed everything. So that if I accidentally fall off the fire escape ladder and nick the corner, I won't instantly die? Holy shit! No, my understanding, particularly in the consoles, is the, um, the update they did vastly 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 improve the gaming experience so wait if if i were to play the game and a character were to give me a piece of clothing to wear i wouldn't lose all of my clothing except for the piece of clothing that they gave me i think there's only one way to find out sir i am not going back (laughs) i'm telling you right now i spent way too much time with that you can play as your favorite mode stealth Oh yeah, oh stealth. Mm. And to be on- totally honest with you, that is the mode that you want to play Elden Ring in ninety percent of the time. So, what is your death count at in Elden Ring? Forty-four. Oh, I was kind of hoping triple digits by the time we got to the unfortunately, show. Unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately for Zelius. Because I was getting my ass whooped by certain different types of characters, I have basically kept myself to easily killable enemies. That's fair. The vast majority of it being livestock. Did the livestock fight back? Some of them do, and some of them will kick your ass. So like you there's, there's, there's sheep, and then there's rams, and those rams will come after you. There's warthogs that will try to come after you. So you can't even fight a human is what you're telling me. No, 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 no. I, I will. Anybody with like, just like chain mail, a shield and a weapon, I'll come and get you. But when you start wearing that plate armor Ooh. and you got like the really fancy helmet and stuff, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm headed the other way. That's probably a good life motto. Yeah, no, no. I'm see the, the thing is about Elden Ring is that um, you want to collect these like runes or spirits points or whatever. And every single point that you add to your character to one of the stats costs a certain number of the rune points. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter where you put that point. Each point gets more and more expensive. Ah, one of those games. Yes. So it's not one of those like, Oh, well, since this is already, you know, super low level, if this is like, you know, level, uh, you've, you've got 10 points in this. If you put the 11th point, it's going to be the same as if you put the 18th point into whatever stat you've been basically just dumping everything into. Mm. So basically all of my stats are in strength and endurance and dexterity. Oh, and vitality. Because I'd like to live... Uh, longer than getting hit once, which will probably knock me down, which means that I will probably be scrambling, so I'll probably get hit twice more. So I w- would like to survive three hits and hopefully be able to 
turn it around or be able to run the fuck away. I said, what up? More dexterity and agility and you just learn to dodge, bro. You dodging is all about timing. Yeah. 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 Let me, let me tell you the, the, the just spam the attack button. Don't work in that game at all. That's why you got to spam the dodge button. I uh, know your your uh, your stamina will drop like a fucking rock. What about you? And you can't just walk around fire. holding up your shield because that takes stamina as well. What about your fireball? I don't have a fireball. You have to have a magic staff in order to cast spells. Do you have a magic staff? No. Oh. I haven't found one yet. Oh. Well, I don't have to tell you that. I spent the majority of my time killing livestock so I can make bone darts. So I can throw a bone dart to basically grab the attention of a single enemy and drag their asses out so that no one else sees them. And then I cross my fingers and hope I can kill them and that I rinse and repeat the process. That's how you play Elden Scroll, Elden Rings. Sounds kind of like real life. You mean it's not like a John Wick movie where I can simultaneously kill 20 guys because no. that's how it works in real life? Yeah, no, that does not work. No. no. However... Um, there are, you get these like campfire places that there's one campfire place that if you do it right, you could kill like 10 or 12 guys pretty quick because the campfire is behind them ah. and they're all faced one direction. So if you can throw the, the bone dart at them, you bring one <laughs> guy back, you kill him. Then you go walk back up there, throw the bone dart and the, the dudes could be standing right next to each other. Don't notice. Okay, you throw the bone dart. One, they'll both react, but only one will come find you. The other one will be like, "Where are you going? I guess I should just stay here." Yeah. And I and I also love the fact that enemies will walk over their own dead comrades' bodies and not notice a fucking thing. It like, just looked like he was taking a nap, man. Huh? This guy's extra crunchy today. Oh, that's weird. He's just sleeping off his hangover. But I will tell you this. You you are going to need a notepad and probably a wiki. Because just to start off, because there are certain things in this game that you will not get unless you do specific things. Like the ability to level up. <laughs> the oh. ability to add special attributes to your weapons. If you don't know about it, oh, the ability to call your ghost horse. If you don't, don't know about, horse. if you don't do certain things, those certain three things, you will you will be fucked in this endless cycle of getting your ass whooped. Is there like actual no tutorials that just drop you in? And it's just good luck, don't die. Basically, I mean, they're, they're like, this is how you jump. This is how you run. This is how you try to dodge out of the way of this psychotic crossbowman who's on who's going to take you out if you're stupid in the beginning and that's about it yeah oh and this is how you swing your sword oh and this is how you block but oh by the way depending on what class you start off with you may not have anything to block with so using the block button is not going to do shit for you because you so don't have anything the, equipped to block with what are the classes you can start out with there's like a mad prophet one, which is the ma the mage. There's like um, there's a samurai one. 
which is, you know, sword wheeling. Um, and some other ones. I chose the wretch, which basically is like your blank slate. Everything, your entire character, all your attributes are set to 10. Mm. And you, you start off with a wooden club and uh, a rag diaper. Kind of sounds like you chose hard mode, yo. I didn't want it like I. I wanted to be able to build my character. And how's that going? Not bad. I'm level uh, twenty four now. Twenty three, twenty four. I've died forty four times, give or take. Does the game actually tell you, or do you have to keep track? I don't know if oh. it it tells me or not. I'm keeping track. There you go. I'm not. You should and, be like and, Doctor and, Who, and, where you have like a little counter on your arm. No, 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 I, 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 it's a counter that's at the bottom. If you're watching this live, ladies and gentlemen, in this, this red section below my panel and Zelius's, basically, it should be kind of, you know, in the centered in the middle, will be a number of uh, untimely deaths. Nice. And I there will update it as soon as I die. <laughs> that's very kind of you, too. You're welcome. Let us masses know just how rough this game is. It's rough. But um, going back to the story, um, the reason why the question was how far out is too far out, you know, when it comes to release dates, um, there's a company who basically, I mean, they're still amazing, but I think they've really cooled off. They hit their peak, in my opinion, in, 20, in 2010 with a game that just destroyed me. I will never play it again. Heavy Rain. Mm -hmm. Uh, the name of the company is called Quantic Dreams. Quantic Dreams' next big game is called Star Wars Eclipse. Oh! Now everyone was predicting the Star Wars Eclipse is going to come out, you know, in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. Nope. They are going their their earliest release date is now scheduled for twenty twenty seven, but more. most likely twenty twenty eight. I think a game that far out, like, you just almost be like, it'll come out eventually. I'm, That's like so far out where I'm just I'm sorry. I'm not going to remember. I mean, I, I'm sure they're probably going to just inundate us with ads when it comes, but why tell us now? Like, you're you're just building. The, the My problem is that when you give a date so far out, you're going to have those hardcore fans who are literally going to be counting down the days and the hype is going to be growing. And it don't matter what you give them. When it comes around in 2027 or 2028, first of all, what consoles are going to be out then? Hmm. Um, uh, and second of all, those people who are the diehard fans, they are not going to be satisfied with your game ever because you've let let it build up for so long. Say that we j just, in my opinion, what they should have said is, Hey, we're excited to, we, we have been authorized to create a star Wars game. It's still far out, but it's going to be amazing. And that's it. Star Wars eclipse. It's a new action inventor, multiple character branching narrative Game Send the High Republic Era, presented to you by Quantum Dream and Lucas Games, now early in development. Yep. I think it also, though, in a way, it shows, because they got their video games with choices that actually matter and have, like, far-reaching 
repercussions, especially from multiple narratives, are not exactly common. Um, Quantic Dreams has found a way to do it, at least in heavy rain. Now, the, some people would uh, beg to differ with some of their other games. Um, I would beg to differ with Beyond Two Souls. I really didn't think they really hit the spot on that. And I own the other game that they made, which was released in 2018, which is Detroit Become Human. Yeah. That game was actually one that caught that sparked a shit ton of uh, controversy because there was um, uh, child abuse, potential child abuse that could occur in the game. Yeah, but I think it just shows how hard that doing branching content can be. It's not exactly an easy thing. No. Which is why you, this is why um, you have new Call of Duties every single year because there's no branching narrative content. It's just point and shoot. For better or for worse. Well, probably worse. Well, actually, no, not for worse because they're still making a shit ton of money. Um, so the ironic thing is right now I am playing Elden Rings and, uh, Pokemon Arceus. And I've been putting a shit ton of that time into Pokemon Arceus. I'll be totally honest with you. The only Pokemon game I've ever actually played was Pokemon Go. I, I finally, I finally caved to get the, the, the latest and greatest Pokemon game. I'll be honest with you, it's good. Like, I mean, it's not like the Pokemon games from before were bad, but I, I'm actually, I don't know. There's just something a little extra to this game that has kept me in it. Nice. Um, I'm it's keeping you engaged. I don't. I like. I don't want to tell. I mean, I don't want to say where exactly I am in the game because that might be telling for some people and I don't want to give away anything but the one thing I will say is that right off the bat your character is somehow pulled in from a different dimension lands in this place and you have to prove yourself um, where most people are fearful of Pokemon and you find out that you're really good at catching Pokemon and training them and there's so I mean like my Pokedex is my Pokedex is like, is pretty awesome. <laughs> I've caught quite a few Pokemon in my day. Of course, my son keeps going down. Have you caught Charizard yet? Dude, I don't even think Charizard's in this game. What? But he's iconic. He has to be there, sir. Well, the thing is like, they, they have moved on from like the base start. Pokemon, with the exception of po- with Pikachu, Pikachu is like in every single. Fo- they, I think it's a requirement. They're like, I don't care what Pokemon are in here. Pikachu has to be here. There's at least one man. I think more the more and more it's this character. The one of the characters, Eevee, is becoming more and more of a kind of like jack of all trades because depending on how you evolve Eevee, Eevee can basically be every single type of Pokemon. I've got a flame one, I've got a dark one, I've got a leaf one, or sorry, a grass one, I've got a fairy one, and I have a, a, an electric one. 
You've got all the elements, is what you're saying. So you can win at rock. Oh Jesus, dude! I'm not even. I, I haven't. I'm. I'm still four versions of Eevee away from having every single type of Eevee. Oh no! Yeah. I don't know. It's good. I mean, it's good. The one thing that pisses me off about the game is that your character cannot jump. He can't. Can he jump in other ones? I don't remember. <laughs> it's so annoying. You're, and he like if if there's any type of incline that he has to walk, he's gonna slide down. Oh yeah, I like, know that. You feeling. son of a bitch, dude! Work out those calves. It's good for you. It builds character. It's like training at the gym, if you know what I mean. But to be honest with you, I'm like, like as far as I am into the game, my brain's going. Look, at this point, you should be able to walk up the small incline. You dumbass. You've been, you've been, you've been basically slipping for I don't know, tons of hours now. What's up, Ben Rack? Yeah, but nope. He's gonna make you work out those stumps to get him up, man. Well, you you gain sp special guardian creatures that allow you to climb and Ooh. to traverse long areas and to swim through water, which is the other bullshit thing. So you can't actually swim. No. You oh. will drown. <laughs> wow. This kind of sounds like a pretty the, worthless person but, to me. Honestly. But my, my favorite thing is when you get like the first animal and you, and it kind of like, it it kind of, it's not a smooth ride. It kind of like gallops. It kind of bounces. And if you're trying to like traverse a thin bridge, there's a very good chance he's going to fall off the bridge. The spirit animal is going to go away and you're just going to drown. <laughs> what? Thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> That can be traumatizing to like the little kids playing the game, man. There's nothing like seeing your character basically try to tread water and and basically smack smack his hands on the water, and then now of course they they do pop you back up on shore and they give you some damage and you go about your day. But still, it's just like oh my god, it's a life lesson to kids. You better learn to swim, or you won't be able to train your Pokemon. Do not depend on what you are riding to save your life. Save it yourself. Or wait until you have some magical fish ride that, that will save your ass if you hit the right button. That's what we all need is a fish to drive us around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so you may have noticed I wrote a review for the shady side of me, which of course was the, the Patreon uh, early access playthrough. I also wrote up a review for my experience with Death Stranding, which was an experience. And uh, I still... Zelius, you and I... We can't sub to Alter Confusion to help save our lives. Unfortunately, Ninrak, because we do not... We meet every single criteria except for the number number of concur concurrent viewers per stream for whatever like 3 months if we got that we would be able to do subscriptions but because we have such sporadic attendance not your fault it's probably mine but because of that we do not have the ability for subscriptions um lame what was i saying about how you can't swim no damn it I don't know. I don't remember anyways. Death Stranding. 
Death Stranding. Oh, oh, right. It's it's exactly like what Zelius was talking about with Lucifer. He's like, I don't know if I like it, if I don't like it, but I keep coming back. That's what Death Stranding was for me. It's like I wasn't like over the moon about it, but I wasn't also like, God, this fucking sucks. Though there were those moments where like, God, this fucking sucks. And there were a couple of moments where like, okay, this is kind of cool. And I, you know, like I put in over 96 hours into the game. Must have done something right if you put that many hours in, sir. But, well, I mean, most of most, like 95% of the time was me walking from one in the game from one spot to another spot to deliver a package. Get some good exercise. You should work out those calves just like in Pokemon. His calves were monumentally amazing. Unlike my Pokemon character, who is still weak as a wet noodle when it comes to a slight incline. Oh, that's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have unfortunately reached the end of our show. Um, but I do want to say uh, we do this every single Thursday. We are going to do this every single Thursday. Um I know that we've only done five episodes. This will be our sixth for the year. We're going to do better, damn it. We're going to do better. That all, really? Yeah. Hmm. Because I've been sick, and there was the one week where you had robotics. So I am going to be... sickness. Oh, okay. Well, you know. know. Anyways, so ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving you to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.